I was born on July 14, 1923, in Sheraton, Iowa, in a three-room house with no doctor. We had cattle, and when the Depression hit, we lost everything. We lost the farm. We lost the cattle. It was between my junior and senior year of high school. My uncle had gone to Baker, Oregon, and had a job in the lumber industry, and he called my mom, and he said, Ruth, get the kids ready and bring them west. It's much better in the west than it is back there. So we came west, and we had $50, and us three kids and a Model A Ford. We slept in the car. They had a board from the front windows and the back windows, and my mom fixed a burlap kind of a hammock. We got to Twin Falls, Idaho, and my dad said, I think we can get work here because there's lots of orchards. So mom and dad got a job picking fruit, and I got a job taking care of three kids and keeping house and did their washings and everything. I got $5 a week. Wow. And my two little brothers, Cecil and Earl, hunted cans along the road and bottles, anything they could sell. I didn't go to school the first year, and my mom says, you got to get to school. I said, I don't want to go because they got their little bunches and their clans. And mom said, you're going if I have to go and sit with you. Oh. So I went. Education was really a priority for her. Oh, yeah. We had to have an education, and it was just a little school, but it had all eight grades in it. And one teacher, and it had this pot-bellied stove, and the teacher would put water in it, and um, we'd bring a potato from home, and she would put it in that water, and when noon came, we got to have a hot potato. Oh, my goodness. You know, Doris, it strikes me that with all of the hardships that your family went through, they were so resilient, and it seems like that led right into your adult life and your raising your children. Well, my boys worked hard. We had a farm. My oldest boy is 75 now. My youngest boy is 72. My baby girl was 10 years younger than the youngest boy. Mm. I'm sorry about your loss. It must have been very hard to go through. Oh, it was terrible. You know, she was my baby. Yes. And it's so hard. Her picture's right up there. I sit up here and I pray to her and talk to her. Mm -hmm. What do you think has been the primary value that has gotten you and your family through some difficult times. It's what you are, Mm -hmm. how you live your life and how you treat others. There's 460-some people in the two buildings here, I think. Mm -hmm. And I go in, I call it my Mercedes. It's a (laughs) battery-driven car. And I go all over. My heart is good when I can go. I went this morning and gave white chocolate bars to a patient over in the hospital part that stays in that bed 24-7. Oh. But they know if they ask me to get them something, Mm -hmm. that I get them something, Mm -hmm. whatever they want. You have a lot of compassion for people, Doris. 
I do. This lady told me that's in the office. She said, you're like flypaper. Anybody meets you, they want to keep on to you. Oh. I do have lots of company. and One of the head people here that call me the ambassador of the mount, and then I've been called the angel of the mount. I want to live up to that. So that's really the theme of your life, what it is you can do for others. That's what I like. I feel like I've done something good in this world. So what do you think led to your being so compassionate? I never look back, and I don't think of me as being old. (laughs) And I just almost lost my life, you know, in July. Yes. And I told the pastor Sunday, people were so good to me, and they prayed all over for me. I just think of all the good things people do for me. And I said, what could I do more that I could pay back? He said, your smile and always being here around people, you pay back all the time. Doris, you've lived a full life, and you continue living a full life with everything that you do for other people. May God continue to bless you each and every day of your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.